Thank you for checking out the Mercy Hill Church Sermon Podcast. If you would like to know more about Mercy Hill, you can visit us on the web at mercyhill.cc. At this point in the service, we're going to open God's Word together, and we are going to receive from God's Word. And so there's some Bibles in the pew in front of you if you want to... um, Take a look where we're going to be reading from in Scripture today. Uh, you, you're welcome to, to read along with us. But I just want to welcome Luke up here. Luke has been a, he's been a dear friend to us. Uh, he's working at Purdue Cal and, and working alongside the international students. And so we're just really privileged to have him uh, share God's word with us this morning. So let's welcome Luke as well. Hey, good morning, Mercy Hill. Good morning, international friends. All right, he'll tell you again. Good morning, international friends. Let me say good morning. There we go. Good job. Um, You know, it's funny. um, Our family uh, visited Mercy Hill probably about a year ago for the first time, and there was the bounce house up out in front. My kids were like, are we going to that church? And they were all excited because we had this picnic and picked a good day. So it's a good day to be here. Um, And... uh, I'm really excited about uh, being a part of what God's doing here at Mercy Hill. I'm excited to stoke some of the flames that are already happening around um, God's heart for the nations in our own backyard um, with serving international students. Um, I, uh, where I want us to go today... Um, oh, I, I, I want to back up and say I was joking with Johnny this week... Um, because, you know, in Korea, the last 50 years, I've seen a lot of new churches and a lot of ways that the gospel has really taken root in Korea. So I, I was joking that maybe one of the Korean students would like to come up here and speak today. I, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, know, I know each each country has lots of different religions and backgrounds and stuff. But it's exciting to see what God's doing around the world. America is not the only Christian nation. And we would say America is not a Christian nation, right? But has Christians in it. And around the world, God is doing amazing things. Um, But here's what I want us to do today. Um, We're going to look at God's story. We're going to try to summarize the whole Bible. Isn't isn't that fun? We're going to try to do that this morning here. Um, And I want us to look at five main scenes, five main scenes. And we're going to interact with God's story through through the Bible um, and also get get a chance to interact with our own stories a bit. So this might be a little different, but there's going to be a few times in the message where I'm going to have you turn to someone next to you and talk about something and just talk about a question I'm going to put on our board. Because I want God's story to interact with our story, and then I don't like to talk that long anyway. So that's kind of how I roll. Um, so here, here's where I want us to go. Basically, I want us to get God's heart for every nation, every ethnicity, every people group, every culture. I want us to see what God has been up to since the beginning of time in, in creating the cultures and, and now what he's doing with redeeming the cultures. So um, why don't we pray and we'll dive into the scriptures. All right, Father, uh, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you that as we sing these songs of praise to you, we're, rem- we're reminded of who you are, that you're a good father, that you love us, that you call all people back to your family, that you, you are God with open arms for all peoples, all languages, all cultures. And we, we ask that you would give us your heart for um, the peoples of this world as we look at your scriptures this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Amen. All right, so we're going to jump right to the beginning with, with Genesis 1, right? So Genesis is the beginning of the Bible. Genesis means beginning. Um, and I want us to see that culture, ethnicity, and languages were part of God's original intention. All right, so the Bible starts off with these words, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And it goes on to show that God created the animals and the plants and um, everything that we see, the skies, the land, the sea, how God did it, we don't know, but God created it, right? God made it. Um, and it, toward the end of the story, we can go to the next one. Toward the end of the story, God creates people. And it says, it says uh, in, in, 20, in verse 26, then God said, let us make mankind in our own image, in our likeness, so they may rule over the fish and the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish and the sea, the birds and the sky, over every living creature that moves on the ground. There's a couple of things I want us to catch here. Um, there's a lot here, right? But, but one of the main ones is that God is a creative God. In the, in the whole story of, the, of, of Genesis chapter 1, we see just a, a vast array of creativity, different, different species and different plants. And have you ever thought, what would happen if God made the world with just like one color? <laughs> you know, wouldn't that be boring, right? What if there were only a few species or only a few things? But, but no, the, 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 the world that we see as God's made it is a beautiful creative act from, from, a, from a God who loves us. And as he made humanity, he made humanity with diversity, right? Male and female. And there's, we have two distinct, very distinct sometimes. <laughs> um, not, not species, they're, they're the same species. <laughs> but very distinct, and he says, become one. Two become one. And in this, we, we start seeing that God is actually a God of, of unity and diversity. Unity and diversity. And what was, the, what was the job that God gave the first humans? He said, multiply and spread out. Now, in this church, we take that literally. There's many, many families that are multiplying. <laughs> Praise God for that. Um, but he said, spread out. Take the garden that I've made here, and I want you to go and create the rest of the world and, and, and do what I've done here and take it all over the earth, right? That's, that's, that's kind of the, the job that God gave the original humans. Fill the earth, discover, build, name, become environmental engineers, become artists and musicians. Um, worship me by continuing the work that I did in this garden and make the whole world a reflection of my glory. And, and that's kind of what Genesis 1 is like, right? That's what Genesis is like. And, and God says, hey, we'll do this together. I'll be God, you worship me, and we'll work on this creation project together. And that's how God set it up. Now, here's the question I want us to ask. What would have happened over time with culture and languages if humans did what God said? and spread out, and multiplied, and filled the earth, and went to every corner of the world, and this group of people is down by the ocean, and this person is, these group of, in the Rocky Mountains, or whatever. You know, they're all over the place, right? What would have happened? I want to submit to you that culture and language would have developed fairly quickly. I mean, we, we see that happening already pretty quickly in the Bible. Culture, different groups, different languages starting to spread out. That would have happened. I want to submit to you that culture, language, and ethnicity is not a result of sin and the fall, but it's actually what God intended for us. 
So what, what is culture a little bit? What, what is culture? What is kind of backgrounds and that kind of thing? And I, I want to suggest a very simple, I mean, so sorry if you're an anthropologist <laughs> or a so, a sociology, but I want to suggest very simply that, that culture is like, um, like our family systems, but kind of like on steroids, kind of huge, right? Over lots and lots and lots of people, all right? So culture is like our uh, values and traditions, you know, yes, our music and things that we can see, but also these unseen assumptions that we don't even think about, right? They're part of our culture. Um, and the best way that I can think about this is, is thinking about marriage, right? So how many of us have gotten married in the past five years? We, we got a lot of people in this church. Okay, do you remember when you started thinking, oh my goodness, here's two cultures that are colliding in one marriage? <laughs> do you guys remember that? Maybe if you're older, you remember that too. Like, like our families are even different cultures in, in some senses, right? So um, Linda and my families are very different. Um, I come from kind of a... Um, I don't know how to describe our family. Uh, we're kind of, I mean, my, my dad was a manager, and we always heard about, like, those, those mean union people. Linda's parents, her dad was a union guy, and always talked about those terrible managers, <laughs> right? And so, like, right away, kind of different cultures colliding. When I remember um, going out with Linda's family once, and her dad offered to pay. And I'm like, cool, great. She's like, you need to ask him again if that's, if that's right. Well, why would I do that? Ask him again. Oh, are you sure you want to pay? Ask him again. Oh, are you sure you want to pay? <laughs> right? Because so, on her side of the family, when someone offers to pay, you keep asking to make sure that that's the right thing to do, right? Now, I tried that on my dad. And my dad's like, I said it once. Why would you ask me again? <laughs> right? right? So you have two different cultures, even in families. Now, take, take those kinds of things that, that maybe you can access and think about and extend them over whole groups of people. You know, kind of the un- underlying assumptions, kind of the values that, that we think about. I think that's a good way of thinking about culture. Um, that's that's kind, of, kind of a simple way, but um, culture is a lot like that. It's complex, and I think we can't necessarily just peg people by one culture because our, our world is globalized these days. Um, but there are definitely assumptions and values and ways of doing things that we each have that are part of our cultures. Now, here, here's what, what I want us to see today. God loves every culture, every ethnicity, every people group is loved on the planet. And that, that's the God that we see in the Bible. And he wants each people group to be represented in his family now and forevermore. All right, so here, here's what I want us to do. Remember I said that I'm going to have us talk a little bit too? Um, so I, I'm only going to give you like, two, like three or four minutes. Not long, three minutes maybe, I know. So here, I want you to turn to the person next to you. And I want you to ask the question, it'll be up here in a minute, do you remember the first time you realized that people had different cultures? When was a time that you, you remembered that people had different cultures? And what were kind of the, the different cultures that you encountered? All right? So just take a few minutes, turn to somebody, uh, and, and just, just, just talk about that question for a minute. Just one or two other people, not four, not five, because right? it's too many. It's two or three. Just go ahead and turn, take a few minutes. Okay, let's go and bring it back together. Um, I'm going to do this a few more times, so you can kind of get used to doing this. Uh, I I think it's helpful to talk about things. I know um, I grew up in uh, Griffith, Indiana, so I'm a region rat. That's what they call us. Um, And uh, I'm proud to be a region rat, by the way. I love love the region. We we have a lot of good things going here. Um, And uh, I grew up in Griffith. I I would say I, I personally didn't come across another 
culture, ethnicity until I was in high school. It, you know, that, 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 that's how it goes in some, some white suburbs, right? Um, that, that, that's the sad fact of the matter. And uh, yeah, it was an African-American guy in, in gym class. I remember getting to know a little bit, and I just I realized, oh, it's, you know, the world is more uh, multicolored and multifaceted than I thought. And, and that was my beginning of learning about different cultures. And then I remember um, my first year as a student at Purdue Calumet, I got involved with a Christian group there, and it was, it was a tapestry. It was probably a, a third African-American, a third Latino, and a third white. And, um, and it, was, it was an amazing experience. For the first time, I saw kind of a picture of the kingdom of God in, in a way that I had never seen before. Um, well, that, that's scene one. So scene one is, is Genesis, the beginning, Genesis 1 and 2. I want to jump to scene two, and we're going to go all the way to the end of the Bible. So um, the Bible uh, gives a grand narrator, narrative of, of humanity, and, and it's a story of God on a mission, um, and that's what we see. So look, we're going to jump all the way to the end, and here's what I want us to see again. I want us to see that culture, ethnicity, and people groups will still exist in the new heavens and the new earth. Okay, so let's go and put up uh, Revelation 7. And I love this picture. Um, this is a picture during uh, the tribulation. And, and Revelation is a complex book. It's, it's apocalyptic literature. Um, but here's this picture of, of heaven. All right, and it says, after, I, after this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. And they were wearing white robes and holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. And here's this picture of every tribe, every nation, every language, all worshiping before God. And let's go ahead and go to the very, very end in Revelation 22. And it says, this is the picture of the new heavens and the new earth when God renews everything. And it says, Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and, from the, and of the Lamb, down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood a tree of life, bearing cr- twelve crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations." And no longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. When we see the word nations in the scriptures, we can almost replace that with ethnic groups. In Greek, it's ethnos. Um, It's not so much nation states, so sometimes it means that, but ethnic groups. Every ethnic group, every nation, every people group. But did you catch that? The leaves were for the healing of the nations. The nations are still in the new heavens and the new earth, the, the ethnic groups, the cultures, it still is there. If God didn't want different cultures and ethnic groups, he would just have re- resurrected everybody with the same culture, <laughs> right? How, however that works, we don't really understand that. But I want us to see that God's intention is for diversity, for, for, for cultures and ethnicities in, in the tapestry. I want us to see that God is not a colorblind God. God is a colorful God, all right? He's not colorblind, he's colorful. He rejoices and celebrates in the cultures, ethnicities, languages of the world. And I, I wonder what it means for us as, as Mercy Hill. 
church to become a, a, a church that celebrates the, the differences. It's not like, oh, no, I, I, I don't see that you have differences. I don't see that you have a different culture. But no, let's mine for things to celebrate, right? Let, let's look for things to celebrate, and let's celebrate the diversity that God has created in the cultures here locally and then globally, too. Um, my, you know, I, I mentioned a little bit that was within a campus ministry setting that I started to learn about different cultures. Um, some of the things that I uh, saw from different cultures, you know, I, I started to, to see the, the joy and the celebration my Latino brothers and sisters brought, right? Just kind of an exuberance for life and a passion. And I, boy, I, I love that. Um, I, I saw some of the boldness and passion of my African-American brothers and sisters. And from, from some of the uh, Asian-American friends I got to know, the commitment to harmony and peace in the community over the inter- individual, I, 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 l- I learned that and I love that. And th- those are things to celebrate, right? The tapestry that God has created in, in humanity is beautiful. So here, here's, I want us to turn to your neighbor again. And what about your family and your culture? As you think about your family, your parents, maybe your grandparents, what are the things that reflect the image of God in your heritage, in your culture? What are the things that are blessings that you can bring to the table as you think about your family? Now, this is a hard question, <laughs> and it may take you a few minutes, and so just get started on that question, okay? Let's go ahead and put that one up on the, on the screen. What ethnicity and culture do you and your family come from, and what do you see as a blessing of the reflection of God um, in that family? Go ahead, take, take a few minutes and start that question. Okay, let's go ahead and bring it back together. I, I know that that is just starting the conversation. You know, for those of you with kids, it might be, with older kids, it might be a good conversation to take home with you today, just to start thinking through, you know, culture and your, your lineage and your backgrounds. Um, I, you know, I want us to get this because as we're thinking about what it, what it means to reach all cultures and be a blessing to all cultures, I, I think that we need to be able to celebrate our own. I think we need to be able to say, yes, here's God, God's blessing that I have to offer at the table. Um, and I think that's so important. So um, I want us to do something together, kind of an act of, of worship. Well, this is all an act of worship. But we're going to do this verbally for a minute here. Um, in this room right now, we have a lot of different ethnicities and backgrounds and cultures. And that is cool. So this is a unique time that we can do this. Um, so here's what I want us to do. I just... One at a time, I just want to hear what some of the backgrounds are. Just, you can speak, you know, your, 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 your ethnicity or your nationality or anything that you identify with that's important. Now, some of us, we're just kind of like this hodgepodge of different, <laughs> different backgrounds, right? But, I mean, you know, European is one or African is one. You know, so, so we can all kind of move back to something, right? Some kind of background nationality. So here's what I want us to do. I just, one at a time, I, I want us to speak, speak out our different backgrounds and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna bless those. All right. So so who wants to go first? Let's just go and speak something out. What is it? Lithuanian. Thank you, God, for Lithuanian culture. Dutch. Oh, Dutch. Thank you, God, for Dutch culture. Right? They they know that God loves their culture. They they, they do. I, I know. I know. I know that. <laughs> right? I, I I you guys know that. Irish. Thank you, God, for Irish culture. What else? Mexican, thank you, God, for Mexican culture, and I should dance as I say that, right? <laughs> Italian, thank you, God, for Italian culture. 
Brazilian. Thank you, God, for Brazilian culture. Korean. Thank you, God, for Korean culture. Amen. American. Thank you, God, for American culture. Just the, the mixture. What's that? Thank you, God, for the mixture of cultures. Amen. Scandinavian. Thank you, God, for Scandinavian culture. Mutts. Thank you, God, for... Wait, is that what you said? Mutts? Okay. <laughs> Thank you, God, for mutts. <laughs> and the cultures combined, right? Amen. Any others? German. Thank you, God, for German culture. Scottish. Thank you, God, for Scottish culture. Polish. Thank you, God, for Polish culture. Yes. Hungarian. Thank you, God, for Hungarian culture. Amen. Croatian. Thank you, God, for Croatian culture. Amen. German. We already thank God for German culture. Yeah, Yeah, European, African, Asian, all the cultures. We thank you, God, for all the cultures that, that we get to experience and enjoy. Amen. Amen. All right, so that's scene one and scene two. And, uh, I'd love to stay the whole time in celebration mode, right? But the reality is, is that we all know that all is not perfectly well with, with the nations, with the cultures, with ethnicities, right? Um, something has happened to taint and mar and break the, the cultures and ethnicities as God has created them to be. And so that's why I want us to look at in scene three um, in Genesis chapter three. Um, so in scene 3, Genesis chapter 3, we're not going to see the whole thing, but God, in his, in his original intention in the garden, created one, he created two special trees. One was the knowledge um, of good and evil, and one was the tree of, of, um, of life everlasting. And, and he told Adam and Eve, hey, you can eat from everything, anything in this garden, but there's one tree that I want you to to stay away from, it's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And long story short, you can read it yourself, but um, Adam and Eve decided to not listen to God and, and to go their own way. And they said, you know, God, we like this world that you've created, but I think that we can um, have, our, have our way on this. I think we should, we should do it the way that we want. And, and, and we're going to eat of that tree. And when they did that, we call it the fall. That humanity actually, all of a sudden, had, had, a, um, had, had a, a brokenness, had a taint of sin, had a, a selfishness that got embedded in ourselves. And every person born in the world is now tainted and broken by this self-will, by this selfishness. All right, so and here's what happens. Um, to the woman, after, after the fall, God said, I will make your pains in childbearing very severe. With painful labor, you'll give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. So you see already that the curse on humanity is starting to break down the relationships, right, between husband and wife. It's going to be, it's going to be some tension. There's going to be some tension. We can keep going. I mean, to Adam, he said, Because you listened to your wife and ate the fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It's as if um, humanity was a, a mirror 
And that mirror was supposed to reflect God's image. Can I picture a mirror right here? And if I took a hammer to that mirror and hit it in the middle and shattered it, you'd have a mirror still there, right? The mirror is still there. The pieces are still there. And they somewhat work. You can kind of see some things, but it's distorted. It's broken. It's pieces. And I think that's a good example of what happened to humanity when we decided to say, God, we're going to go our own way. The, the, the image of God is still there. It's, we can still see things to celebrate, but it's, it's broken, it's distorted, it's, it's, it's tainted. It shatters. Um, but in, interestingly, in, in, in the rest of the story of Genesis, God's job is still the same to people. He says, work the ground, spread out, multiply, still make the world a garden, still build families and cultures. But now we realize that that's going to happen with some mess and some brokenness and people that are separated from God and separated from each other and tension and sin. So that's what we live with. That's what we see. Ever since Adam and Eve decided to go their own way, to become their own gods, everything has been marred by pride and self-centeredness. And that's a big part of what the Bible calls sin. And isn't this what we see as we look at cultures and nations as well. We see things to celebrate and say, thank you, God, for these things, but we see a lot of mess. All you need to do is open up your Google News app or whatever you use for the news, right? And, and see the, the, that around the world, a lot of the tensions are around cultures colliding, people groups fighting, people wanting to overpower other people, right? Isn't this what we see? This group distrusting this group, and this group angry from this group, right? And, and that's, that's, we see this all over the place. And even in that mess, and in the rebellion, God passionately loves his people. He wants every culture and ethnicity to be healed. He wants every culture, ethnicity to be healed. And that's where we come to scene four. Scene four. God is going to step in. God steps in looking at the Bible stories with a guy named Abraham. <clears throat> now, we're not going to look at this too in depth, but God is going to do something and not leave humanity in the mess, in the brokenness. He's going to start to work so that he can heal the nations. All right? So God comes to Abraham, <clears throat> um, and he, tells, he says, Go from your country and from your people. Go from your, your people and your country and your father's household to the land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And listen to this. In all the peoples, or see, see nations, or cultures, on the earth will be blessed through you. And so what God does is he begins to work through one group of people. We call them the people of Israel. And a lot of the Old Testament in the Bible is the story of God working through this one nation of Israel. Now, here's the deal. God chose that people not because they were something special. Um, they, they weren't like, oh, they're God's favorites, okay? God actually gave them an assignment. God gave them an assignment. And so years later, so Abraham started obeying God. God gave him his covenants, and then hundreds of years later, the people of Israel were in Egypt. God rescued them out of Egypt, and Moses helped the people 
um, through God's power, start to move toward Israel, the land of Israel. And this is what we see as, as Israel's assignment. All right, so Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain. He said, This is what you are to say to the descendants of Jacob, and what you are to tell the people of Israel. You yourselves have seen what I did in Egypt, and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you fully obey me and keep my covenant, then out of all the nations you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. And these are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. Here's what I want us, I want us to get. God started working with one nation because he had big plans to come himself in human, in human form through Jesus Christ. We'll get there in a minute. But he chose one nation. He gave them a specific land to work with. And have you ever thought that every nation of the earth would all go through the land of Israel during that time, right? If Asia wanted to get to Africa, where are you going through? The land of Israel. If you're going from Europe to Africa, where are you going through? The land of Israel. Right? Everybody is going through that little plot of land if, if they're going to get from continent to continent, right? So what does God do? He sets up a people there. He sets up a people and says, you're going to be my kingdom of priests. Your job is to show the world who I am and to point them back to their creator. And that's, that's what God was doing with Israel. And that's important for us to get. I think this is important for us to get because sometimes, especially if we grew up in the church, we can believe that Israel was kind of like this, this chosen people. They, they were just basically going to worship God in the temple and, and blah, blah, blah. That's it, right? right? And then we were like, well, the church, we'll just get together and we'll worship and we'll, we'll do church and blah, blah, blah. And that's it. But for both Israel and the church, God has, a, has an assignment. And that assignment is to be a light to the nations. That assignment is to bring his good news to all peoples and to love and serve all peoples of all the cultures and all the ethnicities and we need to get that for ourselves here today. I want us to see one other passage with Israel, because this might be new to you. Um, let's look at Isaiah. Um, this is a prophecy in the book of Isaiah. It says, in that day there will be a highway. And, and that day meaning far in the future when God restores the world. There will be a highway from Egypt to Assyria. The Assyrians will go to Egypt and the Egyptians to, the, to Assyria. The Egyptians and Assyrians will worship together. In that day, Israel will be the third, along with Egypt and Assyria, a blessing on the earth. The Lord Almighty will bless them, saying, Blessed be Egypt, my people, Assyria, my handiwork, and Israel, my inheritance. Do you see what God's doing? He's calling all the nations, all the peoples of all the worlds to himself to worship, to be healed, and be restored. The reality is, is that because of sin, our, our interaction with different cultures, our interaction with different peoples are marred. They're broken. They're, they're, they're in need of healing. And I, I, I don't want to get too hard on Israel for, for forgetting their mission because it's easy for us to do the same thing. If we're honest, it's hard, right, to interact with different cultures. It's hard to interact with different peoples. And so I, I want us to, to think for a minute about um, how you've found it difficult to connect with other cultures? Where, where have you found it hard to work with or get to know other, other cultures, other ethnic groups or backgrounds? So let's do one last question to talk about um, what is difficult for you about working with or getting to know people of other ethnic backgrounds, languages, or cultures? All right, just a quick, quick break. Go ahead and talk about this, and I'll bring us back.
Okay, I'm going to bring us back together. Again, you can continue these conversations later. Um, as we're thinking about, it seems like God is definitely doing things in Mercy Hill Church about, about being a blessing to all ethnic groups and, and peoples. And I, you know, guys, my heart is that we, we learn to see God's heart for the cultures and the ethnicities and the languages um, in our own, starting with our own, and then locally so that it impacts us globally. And I think, I think that's really, really important. So, so I don't know. I mean, I don't know what was in your story. So if I had longer time, I'd actually hear some things from, the, from you guys. Um, but I know for myself, I remember one story, um, one of my first times really being in the minority setting as a, as a white guy. Um, and we were uh, doing like a spring, tra- uh, spring break urban um, missions trip in an Austin community in Chicago. And it was uh, myself and I think one other, I think it was, I think it was one other white guy, or maybe, maybe it was an uh, Asian American uh, friend. But we went to a, like a little, uh, uh, it was like a gym and like a little community center um, in, in the, in, and really in the hood. I mean, it was, it was a hard neighborhood. Um, there were Christians there that were trying to bless the neighborhood and, and serve the people there. Um, and I'm, I'm coming in fairly new to cultures and, and ethnicities. And, and all of a sudden, I'm in this situation where I'm really in the minority. And I don't play basketball. And I'm kind of heady. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of introverted. You know, I'm thinking, how in the world can I love some of these kids? How in the world can I serve some of these kids? And, and honestly, it was, it was hard. It was hard to move toward others. It was hard to take that initiative toward people and to put myself out there. Um, and, you know, in my head, you know, you're struggling with different stereotypes or different things that, that are sin, that are or the ways that God has broke or that we have broken our culture. And, um, and, and God started to show me, though, that he can use anyone anywhere. Um, and that as we rely on him and his grace, that we can we can serve and bless, and then be served and blessed by other cultures. Because that's ultimately what I learned, that as I'm serving others, I get to be healed myself. Um, and and, and that, was, that was an important time for me. Um, so scene, scene four, we saw Israel was given an assignment, given an assignment to be a light to the nations, to proclaim God's message, to proclaim God's character, to call all of humanity back to God. Um, but they missed that mission, and they missed it. But all throughout the Old Testament, or you know, maybe in the middle of the Old Testament and through, prophets started foretelling of a great day coming, of a day when God himself was going to come and bring justice on the earth. And the, these prophets were talking about an anointed one, or Messiah, or Christ is the name, um, who would become the world's rightful ruler and the world's rightful leader. And this coming Messiah would do what Israel couldn't do. They would, he would show the world who God is. He would show the peoples and the cultures and ethnicities who God was and draw them back into relationship with God. And so we come to the last scene, scene five. God passionately loves every culture, ethnicity on the planet, and he's on a mission to bring each one into his family. And we come to scene five. And it's when Jesus Christ comes on the scene. Jesus is born. He's born a Jew. He's born in a stable, lowly. He's born a king, but yet no one knows. Right? He's the promised Messiah who has finally come. We celebrate his birth at Christmas. We even restart the calendar at the time that he was born as a turning point for all humanity. One of the famous Christmas songs 
quote, quotes a prophecy about this Messiah, and it calls him the Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. And it goes on to say the governments will rest upon his shoulders. Jesus of Nazareth was born a Jew. He spent most of his time with the people of Israel. But he laid the foundation for a kingdom or his own government that was made of every language, culture, ethnicity, and nation. And it would spread out from where he was at. He taught us about God. He made apprentices of the kingdom of God. And while people thought that Jesus would rise up, he would be the Messiah, and he would rise up and come in and, with an army of God and, and conquer the nations and conquer Rome at that time, instead, he willingly and purposefully died a horrible criminal's death on the cross. And the curse of our sin was put on Jesus. Our death was put on Jesus, and he died in our place. And Jesus' death becomes the hope for the brokenness of our cultures. Jesus' death and his resurrection becomes the, the hope for our cultures. And we proclaim this morning that because of Jesus' life, his death, and his resurrection, because he didn't stay dead, people saw him alive again, and we believe that he is alive now. And because of that, we can all become friends with God again. We can enter God's family and become his sons and daughters. Many of the early writings in, 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 the, in the church, um, in the epistles, recorded some of the struggle between Jews and non-Jews, a cultural tension that they were having. And I want us to see what happens at the cross of Jesus when these two collide. Let, let's look at Ephesians chapter 2. It says, For he, talking about Jesus, himself is our peace, who has made the two groups, it's talking about Jews and non-Jews, made two groups into one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his own flesh, in his body, the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of two, and thus making peace. And in one body, one group, to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He came, Jesus came, and proclaimed, preached peace, to you who are far away, and peace to those who are near. Lots of peace. <laughs> For through him, we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. So in the cross, in the death, and the resurrection of Jesus, the early church was seeing that there's one new people now created. Diverse cultures and ethnicities becoming one new people. Oh, God, a, a, a people reconciled to God, brought into friendship with God again. And what's true between the Jewish and the Gentile clash in cultures is true of our cultures today. In Jesus, we have the offer of peace with God given to us and to all the cultures. In Jesus, the hostility between cultures can die, right? Because we're no longer trying to be in charge, no longer trying to be number one. In Jesus, we learn to take initiative with those that are different from us because God has taken initiative with us. In Jesus, we learn to forgive the sins of others and other cultures because God forgives us. In Jesus, we learn to forgive our own sin and our own guilt as we mess up interacting with different people groups. And you will mess up, and I have messed up, right? We learn to forgive our own guilt and our own sin because God forgives our guilt and our sin. 
In Jesus, we pray for our enemies and those who we perceive as enemies because Jesus taught us to do that. In Jesus, we celebrate our cultural gifts. And in Jesus, we confess our, our cultural sins, graciously helping each other to see what they even are. Friends, Jesus is the hope of the nations. Jesus is the hope of every culture, of every people on the planet. And he's the hope of each, of each one of us individually, and he's the hope of us in our cultures. And from this place, from seeing God's love for all cultures and his work to heal them, we as Mercy Hill Church can effectively love and bless all the cultures that we learn from, all the cultures that we come across, all the cultures that we have a chance to learn about. Amen? Amen. Brothers and sisters, God loves, loves, loves the cultures of the world. It's a beautiful tapestry that he's created. It's been broken by sin, but we have the chance to have that redeemed through Jesus Christ. And God is on a mission to restore all the cultures of the world, first in our backyard and then around the globe. So my call to us this morning, um, if you've never offered your culture, your ethnicity to God, you've, you've been a Christian, you've just never really thought about how you have an ethnic background, um, would, would you offer that to God this morning? Would you surrender that and say, God, you know, you've made me as I am and I offer myself to you. In, in, all my, in all the blessings that I have, in the places that I am broken to, would you offer yourself, your whole self, to God through Jesus Christ? If this story that I've told, we've covered the whole Bible today, right? I mean, it's kind of a whole summary of the Bible. Um, if this is new to you, maybe you thought it was a myth or just written by people, um, I encourage you to read it for yourself. I encourage you to read specifically the stories about Jesus, the eyewitness accounts about Jesus Christ. And lastly, if you'd like to talk about these things some more, if this was a beginning of conversation to you, I'd love to continue this conversation. All right, and so let's, let's pray together. And Father, we once again celebrate the diversity of cultures that you have made and that you intended and that one day you will redeem fully. Oh God, I pray that we could be, as a church, we could be a foretaste of the future that we could be a foretaste of your kingdom, that we could offer ourselves to you completely, celebrating our cultural gifts, confessing our sins, and that you would use us, Father, as you intended, to be a blessing and to serve the nations. And we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.